Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. What a day. You're going to really need to tie things down today because we're going to have some serious wind gusts. They're saying 30 mile an hour or more. That's um, that's quite breezy. So, you know, garden furniture, things like that. Make sure they don't wind up at the neighbors. <clears throat> I, I want to talk about the temperatures a little bit. We We got a bunch of texts. Everybody's lawn's looking bad. They want to know when they can reseed it when you know when can they put down bermuda seed well i have been telling people it needs to be 50 to 55 degrees to plant bermuda for it to germinate well well i started heading down a rabbit hole <clears throat> to make sure i was looking at the right temperatures and according to Texas A&M, Bermuda seed wants a soil temp of somewhere between 65 and 70 degrees. Wow. That makes a big difference when they talk like that. To say, oh, we want the, the temperatures to be in the 50s. That doesn't mean the temperature in the soil is in the 50s. That's not exactly how it works. So I really recommend that if you've got to do this, pick up a soil thermometer. They are not expensive. Basically, they're a thermometer encased in a metal sheet. So you can push it into the soil. You push it in, you leave it there you, for a little bit, you pull it out and you read the temperature. Uh, 65 to 70, our soil temperatures are not that high at the moment. Especially if we're getting rain and it evaporates, the evaporation rate cools the water in the soil. A soil thermometer is not is not expensive, but it can really save you a lot of hassle. Those of you who are doing your own seeds, there is a wide range of temperatures that various seeds need to germinate well. And of course, we're gonna be reseeding with Bermuda. You have to have the right temperatures for it. I want to talk about the Bermuda receding a little bit more, but let's go to the phone. This is Ken. Ken, what can I help you with? Good morning. I yes, would like sir. to ask a question about the, uh, the cold weather that we recently had. I I've seen this cold weather the last year and probably the year before getting down to about uh, in the teens to the single digits with chill factors at negative eight here a couple of years ago. But all of my trees seem to make it through all of that. But 
recently, this recent cold spell we had, I noticed that a lot of my oak leaves on the smaller trees, uh, you know, eight foot, di- I mean, eight inch diameter trees or four inch diameter trees, they've all, they're, they're burning or turning brown on the uh, south side. And also, uh, I lost a, a bur oak that was probably about six years old and probably about five inches in diameter, all the bark's falling off of it. Is, is that possible due to a combination of dry weather or drier soil due to the, the, the drier weather we've had plus the cold? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really good observation. Now, understand something. An oak tree can shed every leaf on it up to three times in a single year and they come back and be happy and healthy and do fine. So first off, there's no, um, there's no significant warning that, Oh, these trees are dying. No, they're suffering the, uh, the environment. Number two, it's not just the cold we had. We got beat up so bad last winter. Add to that the drought, add to it these cold snaps that we're getting. The trees are taking a a pretty hard hit from the environment. But there are also trees, you know, you can take a bur oak acorn, and if you move from Texas all the way up to Canada, you can find bur oaks growing in that whole section of the country. And you know, when you get to the Canadian border, we're talking serious cold temperatures and bur oaks can survive them. This is just a combination of bad things coming together, um, lack of rain, drought, freezing. You know, one of the things too is these cold <clears throat> these cold weather plays if there's moisture under the bark or in the bark that can freeze and if it freezes that can cause the bark to shed off of the tree you could lo- lose some pretty big pieces but the tree will recover the tree will recover. Um, Ken, you got a follow-up? Uh, yes, sir. I was going to comment on the Bermuda grass. I grow yes. about 80 acres of Bermuda pasture, and mm-hmm. I can I, I want to agree with A&M. The soil needs to be between 65 and 75, specifically at night, or the Bermuda grass is not going to grow or germinate. Good, real experience here. Thank you for that. Yeah, it kind of surprised me because I had read other documents that said, hey, look, you know, above 55. But when I started going down and trying to track that, A&M's like, no, it's got to be a lot warmer than that. And you've definitely got quite the quantity of it and uh, got a good background as to what it takes for it to come up. 
so I, I'm glad uh, I'm glad people are able to go. Yeah, I I got to back up those numbers. I'm sorry that I told people it didn't take that kind of temperature, that it would uh, germinate at a cooler temperature. But hopefully, you know, it just was slower to germinate, not zero germination. But well, we we will that. be there pretty soon. So if they put if they put the seed down and we don't get any washing from excessive rain or yeah, uh, I think I think it's going to come up regardless. It just may not come up as good if they've already put it down. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks for that, Ken, because I'm going to kind of keep saying that today because there's been a ton of people asking, when can I reseed to cover up all the bad Bermuda? Well, now we know. I mean, we actually know what we need to look for. Well, so, another uh, thing about Bermuda is a lot of times in the drought weather or the cold, your Bermuda grass will appear to have died off on the top. But this stuff is, you know, if you don't want it, you, you can't get rid of it. But it will right. go deep, and then it will come back up. The, yeah. the grass that's there probably isn't gone. It's probably just pulled back. Yeah. that We always recommend Bermuda because it's so tough in situations like a drought. It'll look like it'll die. In the first rain, you're going, where'd this come from? It comes back. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. They just have to get used to that if that's the turf grass they're using. Uh, Ken, thank you very much for this information and for the call. Folks, I gotta take a quick break here. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Listen, I really want to continue on this theme of soil temperature being the determining factor in getting seeds to germinate. I just looked real quick, and a soil thermometer, and what the big deal about those things are is they tend to be pretty rigid, usually have like a metal shaft, So you can push them down into the soil. I found several for less than 10 bucks that would give you the temperature you need to know to see if it was time to put down seed. Um, Just air temperature is not enough. Because if there is a lot of water in the soil, it evaporates. And as it evaporates, the soil cools. Or the soil is kept cooler and it can't come up from the sunlight and things like that trying to warm it up. We are probably okay using um, 55 degree soil temperatures to get Bermuda grass started. But in reality, you will get much better germination if the soil were warmer, that 65 to 70 degree range. So that means we're early yet. There's, the soil isn't that temperature. 
you could spread the seeds and they'll sit there. And so long as we don't have um, a flood, uh, a large quantity of rain that will just wash the seed away, it'll sit there until it is warm enough for it to germinate. If you are in the right conditions for the Bermuda, <clears throat> Bermuda should germinate in 14 days or less. If you're not in the right temperatures, it can take up to a month. And that can be a problem for you. That can be something you don't want to, to wait on. The other thing about it is there are some seeds that need to be uh, buried so shallow, just almost just setting them on the soil because they need access to sunlight. Lettuce is one of those plants where throwing the seed, burying the seed can prevent it from germinating. It wants to have the thinnest cover of soil over it, like less than an eighth of an inch. Bermuda grass is somewhat the same way. It is not something you would bury deeply to get it to germinate. It would almost just sit on the surface of the soil, but it does need to stay moist. And that means you want to go out there and lightly mist the soil every couple days to make sure that the seed doesn't dry out. Now, again, it's a little early. We need warmer soil temperature to get the most success out of doing Bermuda grass seed. But it should germinate well when you're in that temperature band and you don't have to go out there and water every day. As a matter of fact, that will be counterproductive. Every three or four days misting to make sure the soil underneath that seed has moisture in it should be fine. And once it starts coming up, once it starts establishing, you can start going longer periods of time between watering. Now, when Ken was talking, he reminds us of something that we need to consider here. Bermuda is incredibly resilient. You may be looking at your lawn right now and going, oh, those bare spots, that's all dead grass. Not necessarily. If we can warm up a little bit and we keep the water, you'd be amazed at how quickly Bermuda can come back. It is, it is truly resilient. Right now, it probably doesn't look the best. Between freezes and that incredible drought, but as we start getting actual rain, you should start seeing new leaf growth appearing for the Bermuda grass. You got to understand that stuff makes roots so deep. Like everyone says, it will grow everywhere you don't want it. 
because it's borderline invasive. Some states consider Bermuda to be an invasive plant. But it works really well for our turf. So it is probably too cold yet to get really effective Bermuda grass seed germination. We need things to warm up a little. Doesn't mean you can't go out there and spread the seed. Just don't expect it to pop up overnight. But because it isn't warm enough yet, that means if you sit and wait until we warm up, until we get that 65 or better soil temperature, you may see as we get some rain, if we get some rain, you may see that the existing Bermuda will surprise you and start recovering. And that's what's great about the grass. It is particularly strong for traffic. You got dogs or kids, Bermuda grass can withstand the traffic on it much better than most any grass. Most any readily available grass in Texas, I should say. There are better grasses. We just don't have all of them here. So have some faith in it first. Have some faith in the Bermuda that once the temperatures cool a or warm up a little more and we get a little rain, you may be surprised seeing Bermuda in what you thought was a dead spot slowly start to reappear. That's a really good thing about Bermuda grass, other than it always grows where you don't want it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming to the bottom of the hour, we're going to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, emphasis on the soil temperature, folks. Now, remember, most, most of our veggie seeds, you can find uh, lots of information out there as to what their best germination temperatures are. And a soil thermometer, like I said, less than 10 bucks. It'll help you, it'll help you not waste your time for one, or your money, You'd hate to throw out a whole bunch of seed only to realize that it's not going to germinate and you're wasting it. Now, you, you use these thermometers infrequently. It's like take the temperature, right temperature, no, you're done. Try again in a couple of days or a week. Take the temperature. That's the minimum I needed. You don't need the thermometer anymore. 
It's not like you constantly have to leave it in the soil. But it will make a huge difference in the success of getting your seeds going. And like I said, I've been talking about Bermuda trying to recover a turf after the abuse it took last year. This applies to all of your garden seeds also. This applies to many of your flower seeds. Um, there, are, there are ones that they're not going to germinate till it gets warm enough. So this is a good investment. Ten bucks, piece of cake. Not a big deal. And you'll get that ten bucks back by reducing wasting your time and reducing, you know, when you buy stuff. So you you can make an easy investment here. Those of you who have Bermuda grass and you're like, oh, all of this died. Yeah, take your time. Give it some time. As we warm up, as this soil temperature improves, and as we get more rain, as we get some more moisture, you will be amazed. If there is Bermuda root in the soil, it will grow. And places that look barren will surprise you because the Bermuda root can go so deep. Sometimes as deep as eight or nine feet. That's why a driveway is never a good barrier to keep Bermuda grass on one side and some other kind of grass on the other. Bermuda will run under that driveway in no time at all. And you'll have Bermuda coming up on the other side. Sidewalks, driveways, nope, that's not going to stop it. And that's the hard part about Bermuda. If you make a raised bed and you have Bermuda outside of the bed, you're going to have Bermuda inside of the bed sooner or later because it'll run its roots and then those roots will start to come up in that really good soil of your flower bed or garden. You need super deep barriers that are difficult. Imagine, imagine Bermuda as a form of miniature bamboo because bamboo roots will do the same thing. They will run like crazy and you've got to be prepared for where they're going to pop up. Bermuda grass, same problem. Same problem. And there can be so many roots in Bermuda. This is one of the reasons tilling can be an issue. Because if you're tilling your turf, tilling the ground, excuse me, and there is Bermuda root in that soil. You don't see it. You don't see the grass coming up. And you're tilling. You're breaking that root into lots of little pieces. And it only takes about an inch of Bermuda root 
for it to start uh, growing and multiplying massively. And I do mean massively. An inch of Bermuda root over time can give you a whole lawn of Bermuda. So that's where tilling becomes an issue. Now, if you dig and you can get a hold of the root, you can pull out an incredible run of Bermuda root. You know, several feet worth of it. If you have really clay soil, it'll be difficult because the root will keep breaking. But if you can loosen it, you can dig it, you can pull out most of it. That's not a permanent fix. Because guess what? That root came from somewhere. And wherever you wind up breaking it, that root's going to go, oh, yeah? Well, I'll just put on some more root, and you'll get it back. You can stay ahead of it for a bit, but um, you win the battle. You don't win the war. Like I said, this is one of the great ways Uh, one of the great ways to make a turf. Bermuda is a very good grass for us. But you gotta deal with it. Let's go to the phone. This is uh, Merle? Yeah, Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Um, I need some help with my yard. Yeah. Due to the, you know, the last summer during the heat and some <clears throat> recent septic tank issues, my front yard is a mess. It's essentially like half, close to half sandy loam and half dirt with a little green thrown in. Um, it's about 50% sun and 50% shade. And uh, the caveat to all this is I want to put my house on the market like the beginning of the summer. So I need some help. Uh, the solution you're looking for is probably going to be called sod. Uh -huh. Only because that's the only way you're going to be able to cover up that uh, bare spot, basically, quickly. The whole yard is a bare uh, spot, Jeff. Yeah, well, you're going to need a lot of sod. <laughs> a, um, a single pallet of sod is about, usually it's about 450 square feet. Whoa. So if you, yeah, if you know how big an area you need, that'll help tell you how many pallets you need. Okay. Um, so you're going to say sod of what, Bermuda? Well, that's a weird one because you said you got a 50-50 turf. Half right. sun, half shade. Uh, you may want to look at zoysias. Zoysia grasses, thin blade, wide blade, dark, deep green, a bluish shade. You know, they have a, a, a palette of zoysias. And the thing about it, zoysia can handle more shade than Bermuda can. Bermuda won't grow well in the shade. But since you're going to have to sod it, go to um, go to a sod shop. There are several in town, and take pictures of your yard so they can see 
where's the sun? Where's the shade? Tell them when it gets dark, when it gets sun, things like that. And they can offer you some different choices for the sod to use. They'll now, make sure I'm that assu- I'm assuming not- I probably should put down a layer of compost before I do the sod. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, and there's advantage to doing that. It doesn't need to be necessarily super deep. Half an inch is good before you sod it. But the problem is this: take advantage. If you're going to add compost and smooth it all out, work hard to smooth it all out. You'd like to get rid of ruts and things like that so that you have, you'll never get a pool table top, all right? But you can get darn close to it. When can I, when can I put down the compost? You could do it now. Here's the problem. As we start to warm up, that soil has a bunch of dormant weed seeds in it. So if you put compost down and we get a little rain, the temperatures start warming up, you may see a lot of green pop up, but it won't be grass. So you're going to have to go out there and you can use the... uh, the vinegar sprays, you can use some of the other um, organic weed killers and just walk around and give them squirts so that you get those weeds out. They should pull out really super easy. That's the other way to get rid of them. But um, that will help prepare the soil. And then when you go to do the sod, you've got it down. You can do the compost now but that's the problem. You're going to encourage weed seeds. So you may want to wait till you're much closer to when you're going to go and actually put down the sod. Which, which comes to my next question. When is, when is that, Jeff? It's going to be this spring. Um, we're, we're a little cool yet, which means you won't need as much water to get those roots to set. You want to talk to a sod shop and have them tell you because it may be different depending on what kind of sod you are using. Okay. Got it. Any then and I guess they'll probably give me tips on about the watering and everything else. Correct. They better. If if they don't, that's not a great sod shop. Okay. Um do you have any recommendations for a good sod shop, or should I, I just do, do not. that on my own? Yeah, I do not. There are several in town, and uh, you can stop by and, and talk to many of them and have a conversation about what's going on. Merle, okay. I'm up against a break. Thank you much for the call. Folks, got to take a quick one. I'll be back on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, I, I've got to I got to say something because I sometimes get questions like this. 
so-and-so said, do this at this time, and I said, do something different at a different time. Folks, if you took if you took five gar- uh, if you took two gardeners and asked them their opinion of something, more than likely you're going to get three answers. Seriously, a lot of experience means it's anecdotal. You know, so and so does this, and they get great crops. Okay, you may try that, and it doesn't work for you. Because for one, here in Central Texas, you can cross the street. You can have something in your yard. You can cross the street and the soil be completely different than it was in your yard. That's just walking across the street. And you can have some kinds of difference there. There's also some things about we have opinions of I wouldn't do X or I wouldn't do Y. Oh, I wouldn't plant that plant. That is sometimes opinions. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You you shouldn't take anybody, myself included, and go, what they say is written in stone. No, to some extent, it's guidance, suggestions, anecdotal information. Sometimes it's good experience, but there's never one answer. There's never one. Well, there is one answer at all times. When you're planting something, the green side goes up. That's about the only truth in gardening. After that, there are so many different things that you can take into account. And they wouldn't be wrong. Somebody can say, well, if you do this, you get this problem. And that's true. But if you don't do that, you get a different problem. It isn't black and white in the garden. It isn't black and white in life, right? So, common sense, which people will argue is not, in fact, common. We have the guide sheet that tells you when to plant things, right? Travis County Master Gardener's Guide, um, planting guide, when to plant certain veggie seeds, transplants, starts, crowns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing. It's still relying on you. Plants cannot read. Plants also can't read what's on the bag of fertilizer. You have take your best experience, uh, talk to the people you trust that you want to believe and make those decisions. The planting guide 
relies on you being able to tell what kind of weather we have. It's just reminders, okay? There is no guaranteed, here's the answer, you will never be wrong if you do that. Like I said, with the one exception, when you plant something, the green side goes up. If you remember that, you got it licked. There's also a corollary to that. You will never be a good gardener or landscaper or flower grower or whatever if you don't kill a few plants. If you think that, no, they're all going to survive, and when you get a plant and it's starting to look a little sick, and you're going to take all this effort to try to make it well, uh, why? They're plants, folks. They're not puppies. Sometimes when a plant is not doing well, you know what the answer is? Yank it out of the ground and put something else in. Or get another one of the plant you want and plant it and see if it comes up. So... Asking for a second opinion is never a bad thing. A third opinion, a fourth opinion. But when it comes to gardening, a large amount of it is, well, you know, I've had this experience and I know somebody who has had different experiences. So it still winds up coming down to you. Take all the information you need, take all the information you can get your hands on, Weigh it out and decide what you want to do. And be prepared to fail. Like I said, you cannot be a good gardener if you don't kill a plant occasionally. It's disappointing. It's particularly bad if it's a you know big old oak, but that's not really going to happen. If you can get a plant to start for you, and it starts growing, it may be there longer than you ever will be. But they're usually going to tell you if they're going to make it fairly quickly. Just have, just have some faith. Um, have a little understanding that Learn about what you are planting. So if you know what you're planting, learn what that plant needs and do everything you can to provide it. That is really the answer. That is really the answer to being a successful garden, to making the correct choices. Your common sense, believe it or not, can go a very long way in uh, keeping everything looking green, happy, healthy, and productive. Folks, uh, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the top of the hour. I'm going to need to take a break for the news. If you all hang on, I will catch you on the other side and we'll start this again. <laughs> 